Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, thanks for joining us with an episode here of the Inner Revolution podcast. I'm very excited to have Matt Garrett joining us today. And Matt is the director of our Bible school here at Greater Grace, father of two. And uh, you may ask, why is he on the cast today? Well, he just came back from Asbury, the college there in Kentucky with the revival. And I kind of brought him on just to kind of hear his thoughts about how it affected him and things we can learn from this revival. And Pastor Matt, great to have you, brother. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you do an incredible job with our school, our Bible school here. And I think there were, how many went out with you to uh, Wilmore? Uh, so we had a, a van of 14 people, but there were also, I'd say, two or three other vehicles that went. So I'd say there were around 21, 22 of us total. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, tell us what you saw. I mean, there's been a lot of chatter on social media, people critiquing, some people appreciating. I mean, what were some things that you saw? Anything you want to say about that? Sure. Uh, so when we got there, <laughs> we, we, we went over this little hill of these train tracks. And as soon, like you couldn't see the other side of this hill, but the other side was this tiny little town of Wilmore. And so we get over these train tracks and all of a sudden we're just confronted with all these cars parked along the street and parked in all these businesses, parking lots. And we, out of panic, we park as soon as we find a spot, like a almost half a mile, three quarters of a mile away from the campus. And we just walk. And as we're getting closer and closer, we start hearing more and more noise, uh, more and more music. And, and actually what we didn't know at the time, we were passing churches uh, that were at the same time it was happening on the main campus in Asbury they were simulcasting it in the churches in the area. So we were hearing it like get louder and softer as we went by these churches. Um, but as soon as we got to the campus, uh, we could not believe how many people were standing in front of us. Uh, there was, there were two lines to get into Hughes auditorium, which is Asbury's like main chapel. And one line was for anyone over the age of 25, uh, because the, president of the college and the people involved helping to keep everything organized and together said that they really believe in our and are praying for the gener the gen gen z generation and that 18 to 25 year olds really need to experience this uh so one line was for anyone beyond gen z and that line took six hours to get into the chapel if you wanted to wait in it it was six hours to get into the chapel and then the other line for Gen Zers took only about an hour to get into the chapel and it was moving and people were coming in and out, in and out all day. And it was just, uh, it was amazing to encounter so many people uh, filled with the spirit. Asbury had a ton of volunteers on the campus. Uh, as we've all heard and understand, this event was not organized. It was not planned. It was not something that they were you know, getting people together for to, to structure it and make sure it went as smoothly as it has been going. And all of these volunteers were just uh, welcoming everyone, uh, helping them understand where to go, what to do, praying with them, 
asking them, you know, what their testimony is, where they came from. And it was just, it was just one of those very welcoming atmospheres. You don't, you don't get all the time. Uh, you might not get that welcoming of an atmosphere sometimes in the church that you walk into, depending on the church. And uh, this was just the body of Christ being knit together, welcoming each other. So it was really amazing. Just, just on the outside of what was going on inside the auditorium was, um, was, was almost beyond words, the, the way that everyone was together. There were no problems. There were no issues with the amount of people. Wilmore only had uh, a population, a town population of just over 6,000 people. And on the Saturday that we were there, there were over 20,000 visitors on the campus, uh, just the campus, let alone the town. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like wall to wall people right there. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what you would have seen inside the auditorium. It was literally wall to wall, balcony to balcony. The stage was filled with people, the auditorium, uh, you know, people up front at the altar praying, people up in the balcony praising God people in their seats, on their knees, uh, just every different posture imaginable uh, in praise and worship of Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, you saw these social media clips that were that were incredible. Yeah, I mean, they were just like. It was like a slice of heaven. I can't I can't think of any other way. I mean, ha had you experienced anything like this before in your own personal life? I mean, have you seen anything like this? No, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I can't, uh, I can't remember a single time that there were <clears throat> this many people from so many different parts of the world. Like we have, we have an international convention every year. We have one in Europe and we have one here in the U S and you see that during convention a little bit because everyone's coming from all around the world to visit and to, and to worship God together. But the compactness of this chapel and the variety of people inside of it, and the different de denominations that were being represented, um, it was it was mind blowing. Uh, it it really is like a glimpse. Maybe maybe it's Revelation four, or Revelation five, where it says, "All nations, all tongues, all peoples will be there that day, worshiping, saying, Holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty.'" It really it really looks like that. That's amazing. You know, I want to, I want to bring back. You said two interesting words here that, in a, in our, in my mind, don't necessarily go with revival, but it is revival. You said they're unplanned and unstructured. Yeah. And um, I mean, I've been in these these meetings where it's been very structured. Like, okay, for the weekend, we're going to do like revival meetings, and yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> But mm -hmm. we don't see anything like the outpouring of Kentucky. I mean, not to compare, but but this was unplanned and unstructured. Can can you tell us how it started? Like, how did it start? Sure. So uh, the 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 original message of the regular Wednesday morning chapel meeting is available on YouTube. Uh, it was just one of the one of the staff pastors um, on the campus who was giving a message on Romans chapter twelve. He was talking about the love of God, agape, and he was just going verse by verse. He said, he said something to the effect of there are over 31 commandments in these 13 verses. Uh, and he was talking about each commandment and he got to the end of his message and he said, so how, how are you doing with these commandments right now in your life? How's it, how's it going? 
And then he just, he just pointed to the grace of God. And he talked about how uh, none of it is possible without the grace of God. And, and we know first John four ten uh, here in his love, not that we first loved him, but actually that he first loved us. And he was, he was just giving like a very finished work message and he left and 20 students stayed behind. And there's a news article out uh, that quoted him. He, he got interviewed, this pastor, and he said he was on his way home. He texted his wife. He said, well, honey, another stinker speaking about his message. He didn't think anything of it, but there were 20 students who stayed behind who were really affected by it. And they decided to, to pray and repent and be together, confess uh, uh, James chapter five, verse 16, confessing their faults one to another. Um, and then they just started, they just started to worship God and then word got out amongst the students and more students started to come into the chapel and it just continued and it grew and it grew and it grew. And, uh, here's the most amazing thing in my mind is that all the visitors, all the 20,000 people there on Saturday on any other number of days that came, none of them were invited. You know, this was all, um, the Holy spirit leading people to come to be in a place where he's at, like where he's manifesting. And it was just really amazing to see so many people respond. I think in the book of Hosea, it says, uh, God, God says through the prophet, I will draw you with cords of love. Um, and then in Song of Solomon, he says like the, 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 po the, the poet says like, draw me and I will run after you. And like people from like, not just the U S from South America, from Europe, from Canada. Um, there were, I think there was someone who flew in from Singapore. Uh, we found out the day that we were there, like people just from all over the place pouring in to this tiny little town because they wanted to experience what everyone else was experiencing. When you got in that room, like no one was the center of attention. No one was on display. Uh, there were students up on the stage, but they were all just like lifting their hands, worshiping or dancing and praising God. And, and the, even the worship leaders, they like, they, they ducked behind the piano and, and stayed on their knees and were in like just this attitude uh, of, Hey, it's not about me. It's about God. And, and the whole room, like the different videos that you find online, uh, they all are just filled with people pouring out their praise. And it's really uh, it's amazing to see, and it was amazing to be there and experience as well. Well, I just I have to go back for a minute to think that I mean, how many times have we done this? We've texted our wife and said, "Okay, that was a bomb. That message yeah. is an absolute disaster." And wow, how how we can all relate to that. But the Holy Spirit it was almost like the the pin was pulled out of the grenade, and the the work of God just exploded. You know. I, you think of uh, just this word unpredictable, just mm -hmm. stayed and they really sensed the the encounter and moving of the spirit. And and you said that there was no celebrity Christianity. The the youth or the the worship leaders were, were behind the piano, just not in the center stage, just worshiping and pouring out their praise. That's amazing. That's like yeah. so much celebrity Christianity today, isn't there? <clears throat> sure. Yeah, it was it was totally different. You know, no, no fancy lighting, no smoke, no, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, even even the music, it was a it was a piano. It was an acoustic guitar. It was a 
a little box or a cajon, I think you would call it. I'm, I'm not super familiar with the music instruments, but that's all they were using, their voices and, and just like some stringed instruments. And it was so powerful in there. It was so much uh, about lifting up Christ. Uh, at one point, uh, a couple different times, but at one point they were giving testimonies while we were in the chapel. And they would just bring random people up there who had something to say. And, um, and I firmly believe that anytime, anytime someone says like, and then Jesus Christ saved me, or, and then, and then I met Christ or, you know, something to that effect, like the Holy spirit is, is thick in that moment, whenever that's being said. Uh, I think the Bible tells us wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And you just have student after student from this country, from that place, from this walk of life, from uh, two years of lockdown and COVID saying, you know, I was at my worst. I was depressed. I was con committing self-harm. And then I met Jesus Christ and, and everything has changed. And like, you're seeing these like people who have transformed lives right in front of you. And it's just so powerful. You know, um, I, I hate to bring this up, but it's also part of it, too. I mean, uh, there's been criticism, like people have critiqued and tried to judge that this is somehow not a revival, but, um, you know, just this is a work of man or emotionalism. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is to totally opposite. What, what would you say to, to the people that are critiquing it? Because... Um, Man, it's provoking. Yeah. I, I read some stuff. I had to turn off my computer. I was so upset. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, it can be really disheartening uh, to to read that stuff and to listen to the critics. Um, <clears throat> two verses immediately came to my mind when I was in that room. Second uh, Corinthians chapter three and verse six, and Second Corinthians chapter three and verse seventeen, and uh, three six says this who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And just the amount of life that was in that room really spoke to me. Uh, and then verse 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So you, had, you just had liberty and life throughout uh, the chapel throughout the outdoor grounds they set up tv screens all over the campus grounds so that the people who didn't want to wait in line who didn't want to try to get in they could sit there and worship however they wanted outdoors on the lawn it was raining it was snowing it was all sorts of different weather and they didn't care they were out there just praising god um yeah that that critical attitude that that spirit of a pharisee that that um, judgmental uh, kind of looking down your nose at things and people and, and not considering, not considering the work of God. Like how does Jesus address the Pharisees in Matthew 23? He, he says like, do you not know your own scriptures? Like, do you not, you err in the way that you read the scriptures? Like, I think, I think if Jesus was there to, to talk to those people in their rooms or in the, you know, on their computers, the keyboard warriors who are just typing away, criticism after criticism, he might say to them something along the lines of John chapter three, verse eight, the same, the same thing he said to Nicodemus, who, who was not a critic. Nicodemus was like humble and wanting to receive and wanting to learn. But he says, the wind blows where it lists and you hear the sound thereof, 
but you cannot tell where it comes and whether it goes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. And it's like, when you look at a work of the spirit of God, how could you possibly limit it to a building or limit it to, uh, well, this has to take place first in order for the spirit to manifest itself in order for this to happen. It's like, we can't put an equation together and say, all right, God, now you got to adhere to our equation. <laughs> our math isn't that great. <laughs> God's math is impeccable. And however he wants to manifest himself and, and show his presence and, and lift up Jesus Christ, John 12, 32. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. However, he wants to do that, whether it's on a cross, whether it's in an auditorium full of people praising him. Uh, I am so thankful to God for, for making it possible for us to see that and experience it. And for any of the critics out there, <laughs> I would the just- The keyboard just, warriors. That's good, keyboard man. Keyboard warriors. Like, oh you're, very bra- you're very brave on the other side of a screen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, I mean, we test the spirits and obviously you're seeing the fruit of the spirit manifested. You're seeing Jesus Christ at the center. Yeah. Uh, there's there was a word of God center. Uh, there was no celebrityism. I mean, it, it gives a lot of the fruits of of a work of God, a move of God. And um, it's interesting that verse you quoted. I think of how you can't see the wind, but you see only the effect. And that's the same principle. Because I mean, how many people have been praying for this? I know I've been personally praying for our nation that's in shambles right now. And and how this next generation, a brilliant generation, uh, a capable generation, um, I think we're going to see the move of God like never before with the time that we have left. Yeah. And, um, I think this is now the 15 other campuses, uh, even down in A&M in Texas, the yeah. largest um, college in all of the United States, I believe there's a work of God happening there now. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been spreading. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot and I, I actually preached on it yesterday morning. Um, whenever there's, whenever there's an Ahab type spirit ruling the world, which you can find in first Kings chapter 16, 17, 18, and 19, when there's like just this spirit of fear and, uh, evil is kind of reigning supreme and everything, uh, is going against God. Uh, God is, is ready and willing and always, always has someone coming, uh, to give a witness to who he is. Uh, it was John the Baptist when the Romans were, were, you know, at their peak, um, before Jesus came, John the Baptist came as a witness. Elijah came as the witness to go against Ahab back in, in the historical period of the old Testament. Uh, and, and I think, I think this outpouring, whether you want to call it a revival, an awakening, an outpouring, a move of God, I do not care what lingo is surrounding it or or what's behind it. I care uh, and I believe that God is just raising up a generation of witnesses uh, to say, Jesus Christ changed my life. And that is a that is the kind of light that when it is shown in a dark place or in a dark generation people cannot avoid reconciling with it. They have to face that. They have to think about it. They have to talk about it. They have to make a decision about Jesus in their own lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I so respect the president of Asbury. I mean, they they put an end to it in this sense where they had to resume classes after two weeks. And 
I know that wasn't an easy decision, but I, I respect how they did it decently and in order. And, you know, I think their heart was expressed that there would be follow up from this awakening or however we want to put it. And I, I love that because the follow up here, we want these students to get into Bible believing churches. We want them to get into Bible small groups and to grow in their purpose and grow in their mission and um, not just forget about this in a month, which I don't think is possible. Yeah, uh, because those testimonies, I heard a couple of testimonies. I mean, people that were into drugs and uh, just, um, you know, promiscuity and just trying everything but not being fulfilled and being really captured by the love of God. I mean, this is really incredible. Very, very, very incredible. Yeah. I mean, what what do we like? I think of our nation. Um, what what do we as a church? How can we learn from this? Like not to manufacture it, but like you said earlier, not to limit the spirit. I, I think. We can put him in a box. I mean, the immeasurable God, we can mm -hmm. we can say, oh, you can only function this way and this way. And and uh, but our God is unpredictable. He is he's immeasurable. Yes. Um, I mean, as churches that as a Bible school, you direct our, our, our Bible school. How do we again? I'm careful even how to ask this. Because, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see this happen all over the United States. I mean, the, what would you say to that? How, how can this spread or what, what could God do in our nation or in our world for that matter? Yeah, um, one of the main sets of verses that were brought up that weekend, both in Hughes Auditorium and at the church service we attended maybe 20 miles away the next day. And just in our hearts and minds, Romans 11 verses 33 through 36 and if you just focus on on verses 33 and 34, you, you kind of have to say, God, I can't I can't put you in a box. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor. Uh, and I'll just read the last two or who has first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Um, one of the main takeaways a lot of us had, and they talked about this in, in the chapel in Hughes Auditorium, they said, uh, or maybe it was in the church service the next day, I'm not sure. They said, they said, do you know when a fire is at its hottest point? You build a fire, you have a campground, you build a fire. Do you know when the fire is at its hottest point? Any idea, Pastor Jason? uh <laughs> Put, putting you on the spot i know um i guess when it's white i mean i, I don't know whether the coals are whites i guess yeah so so a lot of people think it's when the flames are as high as they can possibly be and that is not the hottest moment that that's like you know that's the fire taking off catching flame and, and growing but the hottest point is whenever the fire the flames actually die down and it's just the hot white coals underneath and they're all just like filled with the heat of, of what, you know, what just transpired. Um, and the idea is that everyone who was at any of these gatherings would take a coal with them, a burn, a burning ember, a coal with them, and they would take it back to their local assemblies. They would take it back to their Bible studies or, you know, Maryland Bible College and seminary, and they would, you know, light a fire 
in those people's hearts. And, and really, really revival starts with each individual person. It has to start in our own heart. David prays for revival after his sin. He says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Psalm 51 verses 10 and 12. And that's like revival. The moment you got saved, maybe you remember like the Holy Spirit just indwelling you and the sense of peace and love and joy that overcame your your heart and your mind. And, uh, and that's like, that's what revival can be for each and every person. Uh, so I think it starts with each person. And then as more people catch it, it's like, you know, it's more infectious than COVID. It just, it spreads. Oh, something greater than COVID. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, amen. <laughs> no, I, I think it brings it down to personal accountability, what you said, like to take one of those coals. And I think that's why, you know, in a church or in a body of believers, we can't, you know, that's how a, a coal can cool off if it's removed from that cluster of coals. It's the same principle. If I'm isolated, then I will burn out or 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 become cold. But thinking about our own personal heart, like people can you know, I've heard many pastors say we can have the same revival in our church, our concentrations on the Bible, prayer, repentance, mm -hmm. uh, an un, an unpo not a popular word these days, you know, yeah. Uh, but a real surrender to, to God and to, to his teachings and to come under that authority is really when really is how the move of God happens, you know? And, and I mean, how have you changed? Like just from this experience, how have you personally, I know that's a loaded question there, but how, <laughs> like you, t cause I love what you just said. We want to take this coal and bring it to our Bible studies, bring it to our families, bring it to our marriages, bring it to our, our theology classrooms, uh, be on the street, street corner, loving the person in front of us. I mean, uh, this is something I think is going to speak to us for, for the rest of our lives, actually. Yeah. Um, I would say <clears throat> I took it to my, to my home. Uh, I took it to, to my family and we've been talking about the Bible every day in my house since then. And, <clears throat> and not to, put anyone in any sort of feeling of condemnation if they don't do that but just to have the desire to want to do that and and have that conversation my my kids are two years old and five months old and they don't understand a thing that I'm saying uh but I am just putting so much faith in the fact that I'm putting the bible in the atmosphere of our home the word of god um uh, and and being able to openly talk about him and praise him with each other is a really powerful thing. And then, and then I'm taking it. Yeah. Like here in my office right now at, uh, at Maryland Bible college and seminary, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, you know, what can I, what can I read today? What can I talk to a student about today? That's from the word. And, um, yeah, just a real, like, uh, like I haven't, I haven't turned on the TV myself for over, for over a week <laughs> because I'm just like, I would much rather open my Bible right now. And that doesn't always happen. And, and we know that like in our natural, that's not always going to happen, but I'm just so built up with what I saw and experienced that I want, I want other people to see and experience it too. And like in my message yesterday morning, I was just, I was just thinking about my time in Asbury as I was preparing that message and, and the overflow of that is what came out. And, um, 
and I think, I think it moves people, you know, I'm just believing that God moved people really, you know, not, not that anything I said did anything, but just having a heart prepared before him to allow him and the Holy spirit room to speak to people. Um, that that's been my biggest takeaway. I think giving, giving God more room in my heart. <laughs> wow. That's huge. I, I think of what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, you know, let God interrupt your life, you know, and I think, you think you just said a key statement, like when we're prepared and we make room for God, then there's going to be the move of God. So many times it's easy to be too busy. So many times it's easy. We can either even be busy with uh, good things, but um, wow, just to be still before him and say, Lord, uh, I have a plan, but is this your, is this your way? Is this your will? Yeah. Uh, and just starting where you are, like, you know, we, you know, nothing wrong with TV in one sense, but it's so good what you're doing. You're opening your Bible first. You're feeding your soul first. So many are physically, um, you know, nourished, but spiritually they're anemic. And uh, to to open the Bible, to start where you are, uh, you know, what would you say to somebody that wasn't there kind of observing it and they're just kind of, they're kind of dull, you know, maybe they're just kind of wondering, man, I, I wish I could have an Asbury experience. You know, I wish God would visit me this way. Uh, what would you say to that person? Uh, <clears throat> I would say uh, that God talks about this in Matthew. I think it's chapter five or six. And he says, uh, if you go into your closet alone and you pray to your father in secret, he will reward you openly. And uh, I think if that's a true desire of your heart and you bring that before God uh, in whatever way you see fit, <clears throat> if you get down on your knees, if you stand and worship, if you strum a guitar or turn on some worship music or whatever that means to you, that you, you know, go into your closet alone and pray. Uh, if you do that before God, he will visit you and his presence will be there and, and he will he will give you a word. He will give you a thought. He will. He will manifest himself, you know, through a verse of the Bible and say, you know, here it is. <laughs> and it, it'll be so apparent to you. Um, like, go for it. Take a step of faith. Why not? Uh, go visit a church that you've been thinking about visiting. Go, uh, go to that Bible study down at the end of your street that you haven't, you know, brought yourself to go and see yet. And just do it by faith and, and see how much... Uh, God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Amazing. I mean, sometimes you talk with people and they they kind of say this funny statement like, um, if I stepped into your church, I'd become a pile of ash or something like that. Or <laughs> The um, walls would crash around. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we think that God doesn't see and know everything. We somehow think we can hide ourselves from him. But I think uh, one word that comes to my mind, just hearing you and seeing what I saw online, but just honesty, being honest before God and pouring out your heart and just being God conscious, not self-aware. Uh, did you say that people were out on the front part of the the lawn for like over six hours? Did you say that? You know, that's like were, six hours. They were to get in. standing in a line for six hours. Other people didn't even bother with the line. They just stood out on, on the lawn and they had the screens up so people could worship out there too. That's amazing.
Yeah. I mean, just being honest with God where you are, let's say there's good things, bad things, sinful things, doubt, sin, being cynical. Um, you know, somebody was even critiquing saying, oh, atheists are going there to check it out. And I'm like, great, maybe they'll get saved. You know, it, it's yeah. again, it's whenever the spirit is moving, it's it's, uh, you know, it, it causes a transformation. Um, this Absolutely. has been so good. I mean, your life reflects passion and and diligence in the scripture and faith and um any last comments you'd like to say um, we're going to pray for more of these right that that god would touch our nation it desperately needs uh the move of god um not in our church i mean definitely in our churches because i think the health of a nation's in the pulpit um but also i've talked with many churches that don't evangelize and and just the the tragedy of 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 not sharing our faith, you know, and, and the and the wisdom of of um, of going out in faith and loving the person in front of us. And maybe we don't have all the answers, but we're gonna, like you said, John twelve, lifting up a great big Christ. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, maybe Proverbs eleven. It says uh, uh, something <laughs> something about a tree of life. It says he that wins souls is wise. Yes. And uh and and I think most people, you know, wanna <laughs> wanna tout that to themselves and say, see, I've won a soul, I'm wise. And and I think maybe what God is really saying is like, hey, if you make yourself available, I can win that person across from you uh that you're talking to. And and what's what's the wise thing there? It's just being available, being open, mm-hmm. like making that room. I think I think that's maybe the only thing I want to say is like don't be afraid uh to give God more room in your life in your day to day in your heart when when you're driving to the gym putting on putting on the bible uh to hear in the car or uh when you're running on the treadmill uh maybe listening to a message that that gets you fired up I don't know like don't be afraid to give God a little more room because he had all the room he needed in Asbury, in this tiny little town of 6,000 people, he had more than enough room uh, to make himself known. And uh, imagine what he could do with that little bit of extra space in your heart. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. We can have as much of him as we want, right? It's almost Amen. like the manger. There was no room in the inn, but there was room in the most humblest of places. This is incredible. I've been very encouraged to hear from you, Pastor Matt. You're an awesome encouragement to us and praying for you and your beautiful family. And and Lord, even so, just move like you did in Asbury. It doesn't have to be like Asbury. It can be any way that would lift you up, make your word known and disciple people in the grace, uh, the grace of God. So, hey, thanks for being on with me today. So yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah I friend. Yeah, friends, thanks for joining us today for the Inner Revolution podcast. Um, Feel free to leave a comment down below. Check us out on innerrevolution.us, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.